Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, March 10th. I'm Eric Schmid. For hatcheries, getting newborn chicks to their owners by mail is a race against time. Weather disruptions make things trickier. It's just really hard to manage because we're already, you know, taxed at our limit. Coming up, we'll look at how hatcheries in Missouri handled the extreme weather last month. St. Louis's historic Sumner High School will remain open. The school board voted on Tuesday to remove it from the district's closure list. St. Louis Public Radio's Ryan Delaney reports. Sumner will take on an arts and activism theme. Several area arts groups will start teaching courses in the school, and students will learn about the history of the Ville neighborhood. Alumna Waris Blackman Davis says she had no doubt they'd convince the board to keep the school open. We have the spirit of the bulldog in us, and bulldogs do not give up. This is the second time the school's passionate alumni base has rallied to keep the high school open. It almost closed in 2010. Sumner is the oldest high school west of the Mississippi to educate black students, but its enrollment has fallen to about 200 in recent years. The district will close eight other schools this year in a consolidation effort. I'm Ryan Delaney, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri senators may soon vote on a measure that Republicans say will lead to fairer elections. St. Louis Public Radio's Kayla Drake reports Democratic opponents of the voter ID bill say it would disenfranchise voters. The new voter requirement would eliminate the option for Missourians to use non-photo IDs or expired state-issued IDs to vote. Representative Peter Meredith, a Democrat from St. Louis, says this bill will disproportionately prevent people of color and those with disabilities from voting. He said on St. Louis on the Air Tuesday that evidence of voter impersonation in Missouri is rare. And actually zero evidence of any in any way that would statistically impact an election outcome. Um, That suggests to me that this really isn't a problem needing a solution. If passed, opponents plan to challenge in court whether the requirement is constitutional. I'm Kayla Drake, St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Symphony Orchestra will return to Powell Hall later this month for a shortened spring season. The eight-week series begins March 26th, and seating will be limited to 300 people. The orchestra performed for small audiences for several weeks last fall before pausing concerts when coronavirus cases spiked again. St. Louis Symphony Orchestra music director Stefan Deneve says the series will give the orchestra a chance to reconnect with St. Louis listeners. Well, it will be just a joy. It will be just um, the feeling that we can uh, communicate again live. When you make music, you you feel the energy of the person listening and you interact with this energy. Orchestra leaders also want to perform in Forest Park this spring. A man who spent 23 years in prison before his conviction was overturned is suing the arresting officers. Jonathan Irons, who is black, says the O'Fallon and St. Charles County officers framed him and forced a false confession. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch reports Irons also claims the officers assaulted him. Irons was convicted in 1998 for a burglary and assault of an O'Fallon homeowner. He is now married to WNBA star Maya Moore, who suspended her career to advocate for Irons and push for other criminal justice reforms. (music) 
The COVID-19 pandemic has increased the demand for backyard chickens and other birds. For hatcheries, getting newborn chicks to their owner is a race against time. But as Harvest Public Media's Seth Bodine reports, severe weather makes that process more challenging. The peeps of thousands of small, fuzzy, freshly hatched chicks drifts through Cackle Hatchery in Lebanon, Missouri. From February to October, 300,000 eggs are delivered every seven days to the hatchery. Jeff Smith is a third-generation owner of the business and says they have about 200 varieties of birds. And we have some blue Americanas over here and cream leg bars. Now they lay a, a blue egg. And we have some splash Americanas up there. They lay a blue egg. Uh, and then there's a box there that says Buckeyes. Logistics is the name of the game at Cackle Hatchery. They take orders months in advance. About a million eggs are either in incubators or hatchers. It takes approximately three weeks until they hatch. Then, a team of about 100 employees spring into action. They're separating hens from roosters, vaccinating them, and packing them up, all within a couple of hours. Work 24-7 here. Everybody is tapped out on uh, the time and energy that they can put into it. The anatomy of the baby birds helps them survive shipping. Dana Zook is a livestock extension specialist for Oklahoma Cooperative Extension. She says when chicks are about to hatch, they absorb the yolk inside of their egg. Which gives it some energy and some ability to have some energy for about 48 to 72 hours. Smith adds the chicks also have a heightened immune system the first three days that helps them weather extreme temperatures. After that, things can get dicey, which is why they rely on the speedy delivery from the U.S. Postal Service. But because of sub-zero temperatures in February, the post office put an embargo on live shipments. That's caused all sorts of headaches for Smith's business. It's just really hard to manage because we're already, you know, taxed at our limit. And, um, you know, we just don't have automated systems in place that can manage shuffling all these orders around. They do the best they can to help the chicks get to the owners safely. Hatchery employees put bedding in the boxes for better insulation and to absorb the moisture. But Smith says it's hard to know what each shipping process will look like. Very difficult to know how to pack them because we don't know specifically if they're going to be on a truck for two hours or are they going to be on a truck for 12 hours. Despite the hatchery's best efforts, they don't always win the race. Sherida Matlock raises and sells hundreds of chickens in Depew, Oklahoma. She wanted a separate flock for her children. I was like, this will give my kids something to do. Like, they can raise their own birds. They don't have to mess with mine. So she placed an order for 64 chickens in January and received a shipment date for February. Only four chicks survived a trip that would take about four hours in a car. They all got cold and died. That's what happened. Those extreme conditions are why the U.S. Postal Service put a two-week embargo on live animal shipments in February. Mark Inglet is a spokesperson for the Postal Service. Embargoes are pretty rare, he says. When they do happen, it's to protect the animals. We don't want to put them at risk, so during circumstances like that, we won't be accepting them for mailing at those times. But these types of shipments are very common. The Kansas City Regional Center had more than 43,000 live shipments between February and October last year. The embargo was temporary, but for Smith, he had to figure out how to sell thousands of chicks that couldn't be shipped, so he had to have local bargain sales and make countless calls. As for Matlock, she won't be getting her replacement shipment of birds until June. 
Seth Bodine, Harvest Public Media. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Eric Schmid, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.